This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of Troy, a Democrat. He was elected mayor in 2015. I want to start, uh, Mayor, with optimism. You said in your State of the City speech that you're optimistic heading into your third year in office. How so? Well, that's true, Bob. I, I, to begin with, I am an optimistic person. I think you'd have to be to take on the job of being a mayor. Uh, but when I look around uh, throughout the first two years of our administration, um, I, I note that we're getting our financial house in order. And that's being noticed. It's noticed by the state controller's office. It's it's noticed by the um, credit rating agencies. Uh, and businesses and investors see that as well. I think they have more confidence in a community that is being serious about its finance, uh, finances, about its budgeting, about its spending patterns. In 2017, we had over 50 small businesses open in Troy. And that's just the ones we're aware of. So we're, we're not always aware of the ones that people open in their kitchen or their garage. But these are, these are businesses uh, that opened uh, business uh, offices. Um, we see some uh, significant development projects uh, that were getting underway in 2017 uh, and more lined up to get underway this year. And that development is spreading beyond just the downtown. So it's going into north central and south central Troy. And then on the home ownership front, the median price of a home that sold in Troy in 2017 uh, saw the largest percentage increase of any community in the capital region. Uh, same thing for uh, time on market, how long it takes a home mm-hmm. to sell. Uh, that dropped considerably, 25% in 2017. And that's the biggest uh, decline in the capital region. So all of those things, uh, I think, speak to people's confidence in Troy. They're willing to invest in Troy. They're willing to start businesses. They're willing to buy homes. Uh, And that's what makes me optimistic. Let me ask you about the police department. A great deal has happened regarding the Troy Police Department since the last time you were on the program. Uh, Officer-involved shootings, criticism from the state attorney general, questions about police investigations. And you have appointed from within to fill top vacancies in the police department, including a police chief, and the new police chief is Brian Owens. Uh, what What is your hope for him? Or you think he is, obviously you think he's the right person for the job. I think he's actually an excellent choice. Uh, I don't think we could have done better. Uh, both Brian and the two captains I've appointed uh, share my philosophy about policing. We've had deep and thoughtful conversations about the department, about policing in general. Um, we share those views about service, about transparency, about accountability. Um, and we also share the same philosophy about engaging the, the public in the business of, of public safety. Uh, we can't do this uh, just by policing. We can't create and ensure safe communities without the participation of community members. Um, these gentlemen also uh, uh, represent a new generation within the police department. Mm-hmm. Each one of them is a generation younger than their predecessor. So they bring to the uh, job new uh, and different experiences. They came up in a different time, uh, more familiarity with, with technology. Uh, so it's, it's an exciting period of change in the Troy Police Department. Is this your philosophy of policing, what they call community policing, which I believe is what they also foster over in Albany? Yes. Community policing is a notion that developed, oh, probably 20 years ago or so. And at one time, the city of Troy was was very highly regarded in its community policing 
approach. I think we may have drifted a little bit or lost focus on that a little bit over the years. Uh, but these uh, individuals that I uh, will be elevating are, are all committed to that approach. I mentioned the state attorney general's uh, report on an officer-involved shooting. When that report came out, you said that the uh, attorney general's report had factual inaccuracies, but you've not elaborated on that comment. Will you explain more fully uh, what was it you saw as inaccurate in that report? Well, Bob, I'm going to defer comment on the specifics there. Uh, There are two matters, uh, two pending litigations, and I don't want to um, say anything that jeopardizes uh, our position in either of those. Uh, I think there will be a time and a place for those uh, comments to be more fully developed, but it will probably be in a courtroom, not not uh, not in the media. Let me ask you another question, in a sense, about the police. Of, of course, the nation has witnessed another school shooting, this one in Florida, and uh, the question comes, uh, how, how do we protect uh, our school districts? Troy has a a school district. And I note that this week, the mayor of Gloversville, Dayton King, uh, proposed that there be armed police officers in the schools in Gloversville. Do you think that would work in, uh, or be something you'd want to see done in Troy? Well, we do have uh, school resource officers. The, these are uh, fully armed police officers in a couple of the schools within our uh, city. Um I don't know that that's the entire answer. It may serve as a deterrent, uh, but the way these uh, shooters have come armed into these schools across the country over the past uh, several years um, is frightening. Uh, Our police department works closely with our school district and our private and independent schools uh, in the city, uh, developing uh, plans, developing safety measures, um, and doing drills with them constantly. Um, those those are important services that we provide to the school district. Um, I, I don't know what the answer to this is. Um, you know, I, I don't believe there's a single answer. I think it's a combination of things uh, that we as a society have to look at to uh, to reduce and eliminate this this scourge. The call from some of the students at that school has been for more gun control, but mm-hmm. that's a very controversial topic. What do you think? I think that they're they're. Uh, I think it seriously needs to be looked at. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not a, an anti-gun person, uh, but that a uh, a kid uh, with obvious problems can go out and buy an assault-style weapon. Uh, that is capable of mowing down uh, countless people in the space of a minute. Uh, it, that just defies logic to me. Something's uh, we're not valuing properly here if we allow that to continue. Let me ask you about another uh, story that's in the news uh, regionally. Uh, with the warm weather that uh, was here at least earlier in in the week, uh, there's been concern over this huge ice jam on the Mohawk River. Uh, which goes for miles and miles uh, from uh, east of Schenectady to uh, west of Amsterdam. Um, what are, are the concerns, or are there concerns about the Hudson River? Well, yes, because the Mohawk does empty into the Hudson River. So if there's a if there's ice blockage that suddenly lets go upstream of us, it could have catastrophic impacts in the city of Troy. The information we're hearing right now is that the water is flowing underneath this extensive ice pack. Uh, the warm weather uh, that we will see today and tomorrow um, will begin to loosen that up. 
I think if it went on for an extended period of time, uh, we would be at risk of having that uh, ice dam let go uh, at once. Uh, I think, though, that the temperatures are slated to go back down. Everything I hear, and I'm not a meteorologist mm-hmm. or a hydrologist, is is we want a slow melt to that situation. Yeah. And so, our, our program, I wanted to remind the listeners, our, this program was recorded on Tuesday. Uh, I did note in uh, your State of the, the City address that uh, you're planning something for the seawall along the Hudson River. It, I don't really know what the seawall is. Is that to protect the, the uh, city from the water of the Hudson? Yes, the seawall was constructed probably a little over 100 years ago, and it, it has uh, uh, worn down over time from ice hitting it, water just naturally eroding it. It's, uh, it's compromised in several places. We've secured funding through FEMA uh, following the hurricanes um, uh, four or five years ago, and um, uh, we're, it's a monumental undertaking to replace or repair this seawall, but it, what it will do is it will protect the downtown area from um, incursions of water as we experienced um, uh, who, who was – which I've forgotten the hurricanes now, uh, mm-hmm. the ones that came up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will prevent that from happening again in the future and it will protect the the barrier between uh, the downtown and the river. And uh, mm-hmm. right along there runs the county's sewer interceptor. So we don't want to see that collapse and fall into the river. Uh, joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of Troy, New York. Let me uh, go back to uh, Troy and its financial situation. You uh, did express optimism uh, in your State of the City message. We talked about that earlier in the program. But Troy has had cutbacks. What cutbacks have been made in Troy City Services in an effort to rein in spending? Well, Bob, we haven't actually needed to cut services at this point. We're still doing uh, offering the same services to our residents as we have in the past, but we've scaled back staffing in some areas. So it means we don't get to things as quickly or as thoroughly. So uh, I was a little disappointed uh, in the way that the streets uh, were kept last year. The the grass uh, caught, the litter picked up. It wasn't to the standard that I'd like to see, but I know that we're hobbling along with a reduced size in staffing. Um, so the the services are still offered. We're just we we have not been as uh, thorough as I would have liked to have been with a reduced staff, and we've got some plans this year to try to make that better. We're 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 experimenting and learning as we go along here. What about the swimming pools? Uh, do you think they'll open this year? No, the pools won't be open this year. That would uh, require a um, very very significant. Um, investment of capital dollars that we just don't have at this point in time. But we've not neglected the the, uh, the kids in the community. We work with a couple of youth service providers last summer, developed an alternative program, helped them raise some money, and we served nearly as many kids as were served uh, by the pools the preceding year. And they had access to swimming. They had access to swimming lessons. Uh, DEC came over, offered fishing lessons took them out to the Tom Hannock to fish. They had arts, organized sports, uh, and they received their meals from the county as well. So we, we hope to expand upon this this year. We don't want to see the kids suffer because of the uh, disinvestment in our pools over the years. There's a new uh, county executive for Rensselaer County, Steve McLaughlin, uh, who succeeded your sister, Kathleen Gimeno. Correct. Um, as Steve McLaughlin was on this program a couple weeks ago, and he said he's working uh, well with you. I imagine you would 
echo that. He did uh, say that he's interested in getting those the pools open again. I think he is, and I, and I am as well. Uh, the, but again, the uh, the reality of it is that it will require a multi million dollar investment to bring them back online. And uh, I don't think the county or the city are in a position to foot a bill like that at this time. So again, we'll we'll run some alternative program uh, programming. And uh, in in my view, the alternative programming we offered last summer was actually better than what we were able to offer with the pools. Um, if there comes a day when we can put together the capital to uh, repair those pools, um, I'd probably want to continue the alternative programming that we've offered. It's it's more comprehensive. It's more structured. And I think it gives the kids a, a better and an alternative experience. We talked about uh, the seawall. Are there other infrastructure projects that uh, you are hoping to accomplish in Troy? We have a couple on the drawing board for uh, this coming year. And, and, you know, they're not sexy projects. They're not ribbon-cutting worthy projects, but they are critical projects. So we'll be doing some work on our uh, sewer lines and some uh, uh, and our water supply lines, things that aren't broken yet, uh, but would be catastrophic if they did fail. We know they're in a weakened condition, and so we have scheduled to do some work on those this year. Mm. In fact, um, I believe, that was it last year that there was this large water line break? Uh, knock on wood, you haven't really had that kind of uh, calamity this year? Right. That was uh, actually, that was two years ago, and it was right before I came, or I'm sorry, right after I came into office. Uh, and that was a that was a 110 year old line uh, that ruptured and uh, drained our holding tanks. Um, some eight million gallons of water ran out that day. Um, we we knew that was a weak link in the system. Uh, that has now been addressed. We replaced that line last summer uh, with help from the state of New York. Um, so now we're looking at the next weak link. In uh, in terms of uh, city services, uh, disabilities coordinator, you're appointing a, a city or Troy Americans with Disabilities Act coordinator. What will be the function? Have you, have you named the person yet? I have. A couple of months ago, I named John Salka our uh, ADA coordinator. Um, that's something that's required under the Americans with Disabilities Act, and, and uh, that requirement goes back probably 20 years. I don't know that the city of Troy has ever had an ADA coordinator, uh, but we do now. And the, the first task is to undertake a self-assessment across all of our operations to identify uh, those areas, our systems, our facilities. Where do they present barriers to those who might have a, a disabling condition? And I think most people think first about, um, you know, wide enough hallways and doors, but it goes b- beyond that. It, you know, for example, is our website accessible? Um, are the forms and, and procedures unnecessar- that we use unnecessarily putting barriers in front of people? Um, so after we do that assessment, which is underway now, after we complete the assessment, we'll develop a plan uh, to begin to address those findings. Is your sense that, that Troy needs a lot of work in this area? I think all communities need a lot of work in this area. It's, um, it's, it's humbling uh, to spend a day with somebody who has a disabling condition and, and see how they try to navigate the world, that uh, mm-hmm. things that we take for granted uh, are really difficult and, and oftentimes prevent them from full participation as citizens in the community. Well, I've come to appreciate some of these uh, like the curb cuts and things mm-hmm. like that as as I get older and a little and more unsteady on my feet. So, I mean, there, there's a whole spectrum of disabilities, you know, from somebody maybe like myself, you know, just 
sure. who, who I use a cane in most cases, or, and, and someone who is uh, in a wheelchair. But uh, it, it really does, you know, it changes your outlook on life to, if you have these disabilities to be able to negotiate, uh, let's say, the streets of a city. Sure. It's, it's got to be incredibly frustrating. I, one of our first projects, and we're very excited about this, we're we're working with RPI now to see if we can make it an interim project and in, in maybe their civil engineering uh, program. But we want to uh, map the downtown area, the intersections, the crosswalks, uh, and identify all of the existing conditions there and then sit down with the folks from the Independent Living Center and prioritize, well, what are the greatest barriers? I can't presume to know what the greatest barrier is to someone who is, for example, um, whose mobility is uh, with a wheelchair. So I will go to the experts, the people who live this day in and day out, and they'll help us prioritize those things so we can start building plans about how we will address these over time. Speaking of plans, uh, there's a draft comprehensive plan. We got some news coverage uh, this week. As I understand it, the plan was done by a Toronto firm. Uh, and the, the one thing that was um, focused on in the newspaper article was that it uh, projects a 1% population growth a year, I believe, for the city of Troy. Mm-hmm. And that runs counter to some other estimates. What do you think? Well, I, I, I won't pretend to be a planning expert. I can't opine on whether that 1% growth is accurate or not. But I do run into to an awful lot of people who are new to the community uh, on a weekly basis. And I, again, being the optimist that I am, uh, I'm seeing people come in the door. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if we hit 1% growth per year uh, for the next several years. There's interest in urban lifestyles again. Uh, that I don't think some of these trends take into account. Um, the pressure on our uh, housing, and our, especially in our downtown area, is increasing. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that were uh, if that were to come uh, come to pass. What is the population of Troy? The population of Troy right now is a little over fifty thousand mm-hmm. as of the last uh, census count. And it's kind of stayed there. For a while, hasn't it, it? It has. It's fallen into the forty-nine thousands, uh, and now it's come back up. It's a, it's closing in on fifty-one thousand. Last time I um, saw an official number. And Mayor Madden, we're just about out of time. Just a quick uh, shout out: the Great Race is coming to Troy this summer. I'm told antique autos. Will yes, be, will be there. I had not heard of that until recently. I think it's going to be a, a terrific, uh, fun event. There are a lot of. Uh, uh, businesses in the community that are sponsoring and being a part of this. So it'll be a great time. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these vintage cars. I, I, mm-hmm. I love looking at mm-hmm. them. I don't understand how people spend so much money on them, but I, I, I'm <laughs> okay. grateful they do. <laughs> You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Troy Mayor Patrick Madden on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5. This program will be posted soon as a podcast on albanymagic.com and my website, bobcudmore.com. Next week's guest will be Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan.